When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey now, it's Brace for Impact, and I'm your host, Mike Gilbert, and I'm joined as always by JD, by God Oliva. How you doing, JD? All right now. How you doing, Mike? Doing good, man. Doing good. We uh, we apologize. We are a, a day delayed here on the show. Um, you know, JD had a little bit of a work thing, but he got it all squared away, and we're we're here to talk some Impact Wrestling on a Friday night. Don't work with kids, man. Never work with kids. <laughs> they said that. They said that when you're in movies, don't work with kids and don't work with animals because they don't listen. Let me tell you, they don't listen, dude. Um, I know, I know that you had your, your issue. Cause you got some high school kids, um, 18 to like 24 year old airmen are like no better than high school kids. I'm I can, no, I believe that a hundred percent. I, yeah. I, I went to college and played sports and was around nothing but idiots for the better part of five years. So I'm, I'm with you. And I was an idiot too. <laughs> yeah. And I am an idiot. And so a lot of the times when uh, these kids are trying to pull crap on me, I'm like, dude, I pulled every trick in the book, everything that you're trying to pull right now, I see through it. So mm-hmm. you have to be an immaculate liar. You have to be among the best liars in history. If you're going to get something past me with this crap. And I don't think that you're qualified. So <laughs> um, let's uh, let's just go ahead and tell me the truth and then we'll figure it out from there. And so, but that's why I have a pretty good relationship. How, with, uh, how often is kids. that? How often does that work when you say, just tell me the truth? I, you know what? I think I'm, I think I have a pretty good average. If they did lie to me, I honestly don't know. Um, and there, there's been times where they have lied to me and I have just, I was like, okay, look, I know this is a lie. And, but if I peel back this onion, I might be opening a box that we might not be ready to get into. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean because sometimes you're, I like, sometimes they'll start talking. I'm just like, stop. Yeah, I have a, I have a plausible deniability thing. If you go too far, <laughs> there are yeah. things that I know I'm going to have to tell my boss and neither one of us wants that. Yeah. And in the military, there are certain things that are like there are rules that if you break in the military, you can go to jail. But if you break them in the civilian world, it's just no big deal. Right. You might mm-hmm. get you might get yelled at. But in the military, it, it could become a big deal. So you got to be really careful uh, with uh, with some of that nonsense. Oh, I oh. You I got a visitor. A, you I got two visitor visitors with a cat. I have my daughter and my cat coming in. All right. So my daughter delivered my cat, honey. Hey. Hi. Izzy. Hey. Hi. Daddy's talking to his friend. Can you go back with mommy? Hey, can you go back with mommy, honey? <laughs> Usually it's the other way around. It's my kid that yeah. like make, likes to make podcast appearances <laughs> and drop some knowledge on people. Yeah. Hold on just a second. Let me shut this door. No real problem. Quick. 
That's the beauty of podcasting. 10 years ago in radio, people would have freaked out if that happened. But the Zoom world and more podcasts and, you know, people had to live at home for a year. We've all kind of gotten used to the family intrusions and we all laugh about them because they're damn hilarious. Yeah, no big deal here, man. No, uh, not at all. I, lo- I love my kid. Um, I don't love my cat. So this might, this might get interesting. He might uh, try to jump on me. So he's a, he's actually calmed down quite a bit now. He's a few years old, but, um, I would say like not even six months ago and for the, from the beginning of his life to about six months ago, if you try to pet him, he's like sweet, sweet, sweet. And then all of a sudden he just start biting you. Cats are like that. Like cats are untrustworthy animals because they're only allowed for themselves. Like a dog will lay his life down for you. A cat expects you to lay your life down for them. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're definitely little, little jerks, cats. Mm-hmm. All right, shout out to BQ, cat lover extraordinaire. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, hey, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and get into the show here. Uh, we had another pretty good show this week, man. Um, you know, not not the best of the month. I still think that the the best one was the episode right after Hard to Kill. But um, I, I dug this show. I I would say the only negative I found with the show is that the matches were all kind of interconnected with storyline. So you didn't get the match quality that we have been getting lately, but I felt like the stories were good enough around the matches that it, they all turned out to be pretty okay. This was an angle heavy show. And I felt like we advanced some story stuff. And I think that um, I'm okay with that. Like, I think yeah. that, I think we've come to an expectation that every show has to be a banger as far as match quality goes. And that's just not, not just this show, but every wrestling show. And I don't, I don't believe in that. I think there's some weeks you do have to kind of slow down and, and tell, I hate to sound like Bruce Pritchard, but tell some stories a little bit. Mm-hmm. I thought this yeah. was quite frankly, I watched the first segment and said to myself, well, I could go to bed now because this is, <laughs> this is all I've wanted for the last oh, yeah. six months. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yes. much like dashboard confessional, we are vindicated and the Superman soundtrack back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, let's get to that. Oh, so, uh, BTI black tourist defeated rushing. Okay, cool. Cool. All right. <laughs> um, so it, we open up, uh, impact with Matt Cardona defeating Jordan grace to win the impact digital media championship, which he calls the impact digital media world championship. That's what he is calling it because he's Matt Cardona and he's fantastic. (laughs) And I honestly didn't see the chair thing coming. I thought they shot this great. I thought they worked this great. This is everything that I've wanted to see out of Matt Cardona for, like I said, last six months. Yeah. This was art on screen. I didn't realize how much that title really looks like the AEW world title until it was in Cardona's hands. And yeah. I went, wow, that, that looks like my kid's AEW, you know, fake title belt. So yeah. it's kind of funny, <laughs> but the end result, everything I wanted. Perfect. So they, you know, they started the match and it was kind of, it was a little bit weird to me because I knew in my head where it was going. Um, but I didn't know how they got there. Right. Like I knew the heel turn was coming because spoilers uh, are out everywhere. And, so I knew where they were going. Well, they start the match off and in the beginning of the match, Cardona is very much a baby face and he is playing like the, the, even though he's the one that made the challenge to grace, he was still playing like, Hey, I'm a guy. I don't want to hurt this girl, but I also want this title. So he was trying to like wrestle her delicately. And then at a certain point in the match, it just kind of flipped. Like he broke bad in the middle of the match. He went Walter White at some point, right? And I think it might have been whenever he suplexed her into the turnbuckle. And then he was like, okay, this is not like a brittle little girl. I can go ahead and just wrestle for real now. And then uh, he realized he was having a little bit more trouble than he uh, he had anticipated. And that's when the heel turn started to, to come about when he realized Gr- Grace is a bit tougher than he thought. And then uh, once he, he hit her with the chair, he was pretty happy with the outcome and he was satisfied and it was all worth 
worth it to him. I didn't read it like that. I read really? it like I read it like he was working us the entire time. Okay. Okay. That's how I that's how I thought. I thought he went yeah. out there with this plan and tried to lull everyone into a false sense of security because I feel oh. like this was I maybe I'm wrong about this, but you know, I feel you like you could you you're better at the stories than I am. You might actually I, be 100 percent right. Either way, I liked it no matter yeah, what. Yeah, me too. I I read yeah. this as he was just kind of playing us all along. And he was because again, the promo is what really sells it for me afterwards. His interview with Gia, and like yeah. it was in segment three, like that just sold it to me as like this is what he was, this is what he wanted to be, and he was just kind of playing along to get it. Right. Yeah. Cause I do think he was, I do think he thought he was going to put her away. And then like I said, he realized he wasn't going to, and he was like, Oh, I gotta be me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is this, by the way, this is the best version of him. He should always be yeah. this guy, put all the world titles on him, including the NWA world. title. Yeah. The, the interview with Gia afterwards, I was like, I, it could not have been better. It was not. completely perfect. The only thing, if I'm going to nitpick, the only thing that was missing was pick Chelsea. some nits. Yeah. Well, it was I, Chelsea. I think we are getting that. And I like the fact that we broke because Chelsea's not there yet with this Mickey story. I think we're to get that next week. I could be wrong, but I think we're close. I like (laughs) ask Jonathan Gresham why his wife's a loser. (laughs) Yeah, I thought that was just so perfect. He's he's the best heel in wrestling right now. Like he, is. he he he's far more clever than I ever thought that he ever could be because 100%. he's such a he's such a cheese ball when he's a mm-hmm. baby face. But now as as a heel, his him being a complete cheese ball is working to perfection. He mm-hmm. is the best in the in the business right now. He is um this is a guy that spent 15 years in the largest wrestling company in the world and they never figured out how to use him right. Ever. Yeah. This is a guy, because again, when he was young and he was this lovable baby face, the world loved him, mm-hmm. right? And they never gave him the chance. Like he was kind of a shithead with Edge back when they first started, but they never really gave him a chance. And maybe he didn't know he could do this until his back was against the wall. All I know is over the last seven, eight months, Matt Cardona has been one of the most entertaining people. And believe me, we dogged him harder than anybody. Yeah. You know, the mid Cardona thing. We were just, we were hard on him before it was cool to be hard on him. And Ever since he found himself in GCW, I've been like, why, why, why? We've got this guy just sitting here. And now I'm like, and now I want Josh to have his title back and I want Matt Cardona to take it and just be a, a weasel. <laughs> yeah, I, so I had an idea. Um, I, I, I think we talked about it on the show. My idea for this version of Cardona was to happen back at Bound for Glory and I wanted him to win the X Division title. And, you know, because he is everything that the X Division is not. Is not, yes, that's you know perfect. I mean? so yeah. that, was, that was my idea. And I hope that we end up getting that one day. But I think the the digital media championship was just, Coming in existence at that point, I think that he is the perfect DMC champion. I he is. Uh, I don't know if he is at uh, AAW tonight, but he said he's taking that title with him everywhere. He's going to be defending it on all these other shows. I so. think he's at Beyond tonight. Actually, is he? Okay, I think I, so. Yeah, I, I I know he's. Oh yeah, one of, he's, he's wrestling the... Ricky. He's wrestling Ricky Shane Page tonight at Beyond. Okay. Yeah. okay. Okay, cool. And I think that I don't know that he's got the DMC with him tonight, but he said he is going to start taking that everywhere. So I, I think this is really cool. We have we finally got what we we're wanting. Um, and I couldn't have asked for something better. I know a lot of people were turned off by the whole intergender thing. I think it makes him a bigger heel. Oh, and yeah. I, I felt like it wasn't gratuitous violence either. I thought that it was very well no. done. No, it was really good. I think that um, we can find a new dimension of his character here because in because in GCW, the Cardona we get is this. Um, 
he's basically a WWE guy in the Island of Misfit Toys, and he is the most misfit toy. He doesn't belong there, yeah. right? And that's what works. I think here we could kind of be like Andy Kaufman a mm-hmm. little bit, like a nerd, like it's weird to say this, but like a nerdy, different kind of nerdy Andy Kaufman. So I, I'm perfectly fine with him. I don't like the I don't like the intergender stuff, but I think if it's played like this, it could really work. And I almost kind of hope that him and Jordan still feud for a little bit, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, and I think we need to get a match with Gresham now, which would be, you know, Gresham would have to have his working boots on, but he started the feud he, by asking, you know, hey, Gresham, you know, what, what's it like to have a wife that's a loser, a Trump line from a few years ago? And I would agree with you, but the show, the, what we saw later in the show did not seem to push me into thinking. I thought that was a possibility too, but the end yeah. of the show made me think that probably isn't on the horizon, no. but I don't know. Eventually, eventually. Eventually. I think, I think they got to tie it in eventually. Yeah. Um, okay. We need but, Matt Cardona on Terminus with the digital media type. <laughs> yes, That's yes. what we need. Yeah, ab- absolutely, man. Um, so, that, you know, obviously that, that was very, very, very well done. Um, and suddenly we went backstage. Um, we have uh, Morrissey. He attacked most of the learning tree on his path to find Myers, VSK and Dice. He found and destroyed the ladder. But Myers uh, managed to run away as security stopped Morrissey. Um, and then Morrissey complained to Scott Demore about being stopped by security. Demore told him he can get Myers next week in an ODQ match, but he had to chill. He Demore doesn't like his wrestlers to be angry, which is weird. It's um, weird for a wrestling promoter to be really upset when his guys get mad at each other. Right. It's like, uh, this is wrestling, right? Like, yeah. And then Demore made the mistake of telling him that Moose, uh, Moose wasn't here, that he'd been sent to his hotel. And then, uh, which excited Morrissey, who uh, is going to go find a Moose in his hotel. Um, I thought this was cool. I, I have just come to accept the fact that Impact really likes this uh cinematic stuff and they just need to have theme music with some of these vignettes um i it bothered it bothered i know it bothered our friend paul i and it used to bother me all the time it no longer bothers me because i think it's just that's just what impact does um Mm -hmm. it's part of their deal so i don't i i'm programmed not to like it because it's it's not what wrestling is in my mind but if impact is going to carve out its own space it has to be different Mm -hmm. Right. And if this is how, and this is, and I actually like the way they shoot their backstage segments. So I think this is just what it is. And this yeah. is just how it's going to be. So that's fine. Yeah. I, I, I dug the whole thing. If they didn't have the theme music, I'd like it better, but they have it. And that's just impacts deal. That's what Impact it is. likes to do. So mm-hmm. um, it's kind of part of their own identity. So that's okay with me. Uh, next we get our guy, Jonah. He defeated crazy Steve who had decay there with him. Um, this wasn't exactly a squash match because Steve did get some offense. However, it was kind of a squash match. Um, Jonah, Jonah. Oh, let's see. Um, this was a power versus speed. Uh, Steve got some offense early on running circles around Jonah, managing to get on top of Jonah, go on for strikes. But as Jonah got his hands on Steve, he slammed him, hit the senton and finished Steve with a tsunami. After the match, he went for a second tsunami. So that's his big splash off the top. Um, but Black Taru stepped up against Jonah and called him out for a fight. But Jonah then backed down. So it looks like we're going to get a good old PWG match between Jonah and Black Taurus, most likely at no surrender. They have not announced that, but I believe that's coming. I'm in. Um, It's hard to rehab a a big heel after the major loss like this. So I think that him having him just eat up a bunch of dudes in a row is a good idea. And Mm him, I mean, the impact doesn't value black to roost. They really don't like he's no. just a dude on the roster. So um, if you can get a great, like he's, I love when you say a PWG style match with the two of these guys, it's going to be great. Let it happen. Yeah. yeah. So they, they don't, they value him in this sense. He's not going to win a ton, but mm-hmm. they're, we're going to put him in 
positions to have really good matches and he has had those in the past he he has good matches i don't think they see anything more than that in him he's like he's like in the mechanic role you know good in the ring he'll do the work for you but you really don't you really aren't gonna push him no no um and I, I guess you need those guys too. I personally mm-hmm. see him at a better position than that, but that's what his position Me too. is here. So. Me too, but that's how Impact has valued him. They treat him better than they treated like, than they treat some of their luchadors that have come in there. Like they've been better with Laredo Kid this time around. Yeah. You know, but uh, same thing. Like, you know, they just don't really push the lucha guys. Yeah. Um, we already talked about the Cardona thing, um, hitting the line uh, to ask Jonathan Gresham what it was like to be married to a loser. <laughs> Loser. Uh, <laughs> uh, Madison Ugh. Rain is backstage. She told Caleb with a K that uh, she will soon be a tag team champion when Dashwood returns. Jesse McKay and Cassie Lee approached them and gave Caleb a gift. Um, the implication being that the inspiration may be trying to recruit Caleb, who I think is perfect for that little crew, by the way. The um, last the last temptation of Caleb with a K. Yeah. Um, I am a I'm a fan. Honestly, I, I think he is too good for the influence at this yeah. point. And he mm-hmm. should be with the inspiration because he's great. And he would be, I agree. He would be perfect with them. You know, it's time, it's time to upgrade Caleb. It's time yeah. to upgrade. Um, uh, so the present ended up being a phone cause they had in a previous uh, episode, they had broke his phone. So um, that was cool. Um, Ring of honor champion, Jonathan Gresham defeated Steve Macklin by DQ. So, you know how I mentioned earlier where I think the, uh, we we thought we were going to get some really good matches on the show and it turned out to be more of a storyline thing. Mm-hmm. I think this was the one I'm thinking of specifically where we were expecting to have this, you know, another classic match that they had before, but really it was just leading to another story, which is the honor no more Jonathan Gresham story, as well as adding some more layers to Steve Macklin's character. So because we got that, I think I was fine with it. Although I was a little bit disappointed that we didn't get another classic. I, you know, I wasn't expecting a classic this time around because I mean, I think if you're going to do a rematch, there's got to be something different, right? Yeah. Like it's got to, it, we have to have a different facet of it or else just, you know, why do the match twice? So I was good. I like this. I don't, I think that, um, I like that we're pushing a ring of honor story here because mm-hmm. I think that can really help springboard ring of honor when and if they do come back, you know, I'm still not hundred percent sold. So I think this is good. Big yeah. fan. Yep. I dug it. Uh, the whole story of the match was that the last match was pure rules. And so they're going to regular rules now, um, uh, which led Macklin to use the ropes a lot in this one. Uh, Cause he had no, uh, there wasn't no three rope break rule. He could use the ropes as often as he wanted. And then eventually he just got disqualified for kicking too much ass. Uh, the referee was trying to tell him to stop and he wouldn't stop. And then uh, they called DQ. And then that's when uh, after the match, he started beating up on Gresham and then on no more came in and they all attacked Macklin expecting Gresham to join in with them. But uh, Gresham wanted nothing to do with it. He kind of looked at them uh, in disgust and uh, Ian Riccoboni was quite upset with him. I'm still not sure what side he is on. He's got a little bit of scumbag in him. I think we'll see. We'll see how it goes. A little Riccoboni. How, how dare you sully the good name <laughs> of Ian Riccoboni, sir? Yeah, sir. Uh, it's uncalled I, for. I, uh, somebody tweeted um, uh, a, a meme with uh, they put Rick Abani's face on Hulk Hogan's on Hulk Hogan's face of him coming out at Bash of the Beach '96, and, uh, <laughs> and then the Bobby the Brain Heenan quote. But what side is he, is on? he on? And then I and they tagged Rick Abani in it, and he got a kick out of that. And I quote tweeted and I said, "Ian Rick Abani, you can go to hell." It's awesome. He sent, me, he sent me some sad emojis. It was pretty funny. <laughs> I love Ian. He's great. Yeah, he is. 
him and him and Hannafin are a really good team. Whenever we get those two together. Yeah. I quite enjoy it. Was your cat causing trouble? I saw you, you kind of no, stared up. Um, okay. So my computer was not plugged in and it said, you have less than 10% battery. So I just had to push it in really oh. quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The cat, gotcha. uh, the cat's nowhere to be found, which is what I like. So um, there you go. Oh, guess what my cat's name is. What's your cat's name? Finn, because he is a white devil, which is Finn. And that's what Finn Balor was named oh, yeah. after. I like it. So originally, um, because you know, I'm a big Star Wars fan. So the the stormtrooper that you know defects, right? His name was FN1, whatever, right? And so they started calling him Finn. So he's a stormtrooper, our cat was all white. So I was like, Oh, Finn's a cool name. And then we looked up what Finn actually meant, and it was like an evil white thing. And I was like, Well, Mm -hmm. that's perfect for this cat because he's always evil. So that's awesome. um, That's well named. It turns out that you know that's the reason why Finn Balor, because that was like a legendary evil Irish thing so i had two my two dogs that passed away last year uh we had an american eskimo and a cockapoo and we named the american eskimo we called her kita it was short for nikita and i named her after nikita koloff yes because i'm a huge nikita koloff fan i'm una- <laughs> yeah. i'm unashamed to admit that and uh wicket we had our cockapoo he's wicket because when he was a puppy he looked just like the ewok wicket oh so, nice yes you might appreciate that <laughs> yeah absolutely you know wrestling and star wars related mm-hmm. characters gotta gotta stick with it Absolutely. Uh, uh, next, we got Josh Alexander. So Josh Alexander comes down um, for his match with Vincent while while Gresham is exiting, and they had a good little stare down there, which I thought was cool. The uh, the same Josh Alexander who got a nice shout out on Dynamite the other <laughs> yeah. night. Yeah, and boy oh boy, are Josh and his wife doing all <laughs> kinds of pro impact stuff. Um, <laughs> Don't, don't get me in trouble, Dynamite. What's going on here? I thought that was, <laughs> I was so entertained by that. I mean, actually, that's not true. I was actually far from entertained by the segment. It yeah. was horrible. And I've heard people go, oh, the crowd was into it. I'm going to tell you something. They were not into it. They were, it was a game to see who could say the nastiest thing to Brandy. And my son, my five-year-old son learned words that he was oh. not prepared to learn at the time. So yeah. I will not call that over until Paige Van Zandt came out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was like, uh, that was probably the most popular segment in the trailer park there with old Brandy oh, and Dan Lambert. I believe it was Semper Vivi compared it to a Springer episode. And I think yeah. that was even a little highbrow. I, and I think that's what they were going for. I think oh, that they clearly to bring that in. Yeah. So I felt it was less, I haven't felt that smarmy watching wrestling since the nineties. So I didn't watch the full segment, but I saw enough clips on Twitter to know that I'm above it <laughs> in 2022. Want- <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, 2022. Uh, I was, I was, I couldn't go anywhere. My son's yeah. like, yeah, let's go to the bathroom. Let's get a snack. And I'm like, oh, let's just see where this goes. Boy, yeah. did, I, did I poorly parent that one? <laughs> yeah. So Alexander comes, is coming down to the ring. And as uh, he's coming down to the ring, as Gresham is leaving, and they have a good little uh, stare down there. So it could be leading to something there between those two guys. They did have a match at Terminus that ended in a double DQ. So, uh, or a double pin, I'm sorry. Um, so Alexander comes down to the ring. He's got his match with uh, Vincent. He's down alone. There's no team impact with him. Uh, Honor No More is around the ring. They continually distract him, but eventually he had turned. Eventually, Team Impact comes down to even the odds, and then Alexander hits uh, the ankle lock, and Vincent taps out for the win. Um, it was a pretty good match. You know, a lot of folks again. You know, interference has been kind of an issue, but it's not lately. Has not been that that prevalent in Impact. I didn't. It didn't bother me at all here. In fact, I think it was necessary for the story they're trying to tell. So I I dug the whole thing. I have a hot take for you. Yeah. There's been less interference and impact stuff than anywhere else in professional wrestling over the last couple of weeks. Oh yeah. Yeah, definitely. I, I think mm-hmm. that um, 
you know, I look, I, I that includes I, New Japan. Yeah, New Japan's really bad with their Bullet Club stuff. So, um, you know, I'm not watching a whole lot of WWE, but I did see the Royal Rumble, and there was a ton of interference on that. And then, of course, AEW every week, there's always interference in almost every match now. So, yes, too much, too much. Yeah, including the MJF CM Punk match, which I really enjoyed, by the way. I loved it. I thought it worked there. Again, storytelling and, you know, building for a thing, not the show, but I really I quite enjoyed that match. Yeah. Um, after the match, um, Kenny King returned. The The King has returned to Impact. I um, did not read the spoilers. This shocked me beyond all belief. Did not see this coming. I didn't yeah. know. I was like, yeah. what the hell is Kenny King doing here? Yeah, I like not reading the spoilers. I, I think that is makes for a better show to watch. But yeah, Kenny King comes out of nowhere. Um, he is the fifth man for Honor No More. And um, he took out uh, Josh Alexander, man. And it was cool. He was pumped. So if um, if we get Sean Waltman in, can we call him six again? He 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 owns the name Xbox. Yeah, okay, I guess that's fine. Yeah, but uh, Morrissey then arrived at uh, Moose's hotel room. I thought this was funny. I don't know. I like this. Uh, he barged in, he tagged was, Moose, kicked it was funny, it was, and then threw him into a camera, and that was it. <laughs> It entertained me. It was it was as silly as like remember that time that uh, Triple H attacked Randy Orton at home. Yeah, you know, or like Steve Austin attacking Brian Pillman at home, which was supposed to be serious, but came off really stupid. Like yeah. it made me laugh in the same regard. So it was good. Um, so backstage, Honor No More talked that they will win the war in the end. Kenny King cut a promo that they were all tricked into thinking that honor existed in wrestling, but they learned because they were all fired that there is no honor in wrestling. Um, and like what Impact had created in the last year, and they were there to take over. Uh, we also got a really cool promo from Vincent. Man, I, I like I like Vincent a lot. I think he's going to add a uh, some cool elements to Impact. I see him breaking off of this group eventually and kind of doing his own thing. Um, he's a, he's a really cool character, man. I'm really digging what he's got going on. And I, I really liked Vincent in, um, when he was like the, the horror guy, the horror guy in the kingdom, I just thought he was kind of a doofus, but then when he got off and did his own thing, like as Vincent, mm-hmm. I really, I really, I really dug him. Like I thought the righteous, the righteous is what the, the Wyatt family should have been. Mm-hmm. Like if, if WWE had more restraint in their booking and didn't feel the need to just, you know, beat you over the hammer with everything that is what the righteous could have been. And I thought that I honestly think that Vincent is a better version of Bray Wyatt. Cause there's no like silliness. He's just kind of a crazy guy. Who's a good promo. Like yeah. I'm a big Vincent fan. I like Vincent a lot. And I think that um, he, when, when I would watch ring of honor and he was on there, ring of honor is such about, you know, pure wrestling and technical wrestling. I didn't f- not, not his matches, but I felt like his character didn't quite fit in there. Yeah, I agree. Was, it was kind of like, he was kind of like the outlier, which is fine. You need those in wrestling, but I just didn't feel like he fit in with the vibe of the show. He fits perfectly at impact. Mm-hmm. I think that character is perfect for the show. I agree. I thought that, I thought that him and Dan Housen were odd fit and PCO. I thought those guys yeah. were odd fits in ring of honor. It mm-hmm. never None of those guys ever quite clicked with me, and I'm glad they've all found work other places. Because I think I think PCO, the Frankenstein's monster, fits here great. I think Vincent, yeah. I think if we can get that thing kind of rebooted a little bit, the cult leader vibe, mm-hmm. I think he could do that really, really well here. Yeah, yeah. And, and once this honor no more thing runs its course, I think we'll probably get yeah. something like that. Yeah, I agree. But let it work. Because like I said with Taven last week, Taven is, I think Taven uh, could be a Ring of Honor champion here. I hope he stays a folk. I hope that Kenny King doesn't become the promo guy in no. the in this division. Cause I really think that Taven has done a great job of setting himself apart in the yeah. few weeks we've had him. Yeah. 
next, we've got uh, Bupinder Gujar. Uh, he defeated John Schuyler. I like this kid. I thought he looked pretty good, man. Um, you know, he's got, he's obviously, you know, a little green, um, but I think that they might have something with this guy. He's a, he's a, he's a big guy. He's got a cool look, um, decent in the ring. Um, needs a little bit more experience, but I, I like what he's got going on. Yeah, yeah it's fine. I mean, yeah. whatever. I mean, I'm, I'm the, I'm not, a, I don't have much of an opinion. Like I kind of want to see a little bit more before I, I, I do something. I don't know. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Um, I, I wish the match was a bit shorter because um, yeah, I think I that they gave him way too long. Like, I think the segment was way too long for introducing somebody. So like if we were looking at the quarter ratings, which we don't really get for this show, I think that you would have saw a big dip here because it felt like the match, even though it might've only been like six minutes, but it felt like it, long, it was longer than it had to be. But I, If I, you said six, I thought it was at least 12. I really could, did. Could, it could have been, I, I didn't, I didn't time the match out, but it did feel like it went too long. Um, after the match, Raj, Raj Singh came down to celebrate with Gujar, but Gujar rejected Singh. So, um, yeah, he, Gujar is going to do his own deal there and maybe Singh will bring somebody else in to be his partner. Um, and then next the world got set on fire because we got a recap of Mickey James and the Royal rumble and they used WWE footage. Um, I have a message for impact fans. Um, you guys hate WWE. You fucking hate WWE hypocrites. You're Why are hypocr- you guys so excited about this? Like this is the greatest thing that's ever happened on impact TV. Every chance y'all get, you talk about, this is the evil empire, hate WWE. Every time an impact star goes over there, you call them sellouts and Mickey goes over there. And this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to impact. Shut up. I mean, it was cool, but I also don't, I don't like hate WWE. I have nothing against them. I just don't watch the shows anymore. But you, you all need to relax on that stuff. Oh, I do hate WWE. So yeah. I'll, <laughs> I, I will sit there and I will add on to this. This is those movies, those 80s movies where the nerds get together and all of a sudden the popular kid pays attention to them and they're like, oh, fuck you guys. And they go start trying and they abandon all their friends. Can't Buy Me Love, yeah. Can't Buy Me Love is a perfect yeah. example. What a great movie, by Patrick, the way. Patrick Dempsey, yeah. Yes, yes. A great, she died last year. A terrible tragedy. Um. She yes. did. Yeah, I was really sad about that. Um, really? Anyways, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, Sorry, yeah, she no, passed. No, I'm heartbroken. This is what we do. Um, okay. No, this is what this is. It's like the WWE. It's like the cool kids pay you attention, and you claim to be this like outliers and all you know, oh, avant garde. And they, oh my god, WWE paid attention to us. I saw <laughs> one guy. I saw one guy on Twitter because I like to make myself angry, so I read wrestling Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Some guy said. This did more. This Mickey on the uh, Royal Rumble did more than Kenny Omega ever did. Don't give me no buy rate standards. That was trash. I'm like, <laughs> so how could you say it did more? I mean, like, that doesn't make sense. Just yeah, say, I didn't like it. That's yeah. all you could have said. Yeah. I didn't like it. Yeah, I, I had a similar argument with a guy on Reddit because I posted the ratings last week on Reddit. And um, somebody was like, oh, Mickey James is a bigger draw than Kenny Omega. Uh, I think he might've been half joking, but I was in serious mode. So I corrected him and I said, Mickey James's peak on impact so far is 182,000 with a 0.5 demo. And that's pretty good for impact. It is. Kenny Kenny Omega's peak was 221,000 with a 0.8 or 0.08 demo. 0.8 demo would be awesome, by the way. Yeah, 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 0.08 demo. Uh, The average was about 145,000 with a 0.04 demo for the entirety of Kenny Omega's run there. Okay, they're not the same. And then Kenny Omega also led them to their, not not just him, like so so Impact gets credit 
right? Yes, they do. They were able to leverage a partnership to be mm -hmm. able to bring in a big star to pop a big buy rate. They get credit for that. Bill Watts used to mm -hmm. do that all the time to pop a Superdome, right? He bring yep. in Dusty Rhodes, Ric Flair. Mm -hmm. Andre Watts the gets, Giant. Mm -hmm. Andre the Giant. Bill Watts gets credit for that. Impact mm -hmm. gets credit for being able to promote a show that was their best pay-per-view buy in a decade, right? Mm -hmm. um, they get credit for that. But the catalyst was, you know, Kenny Omega. I'm not giving AEW a ton of credit other than letting Kenny Omega go over there because they didn't know a whole lot to promote the show. They, no. they really didn't. So this no. was Impact and this was Kenny Omega and a partnership and, mm -hmm. and it worked, right? We have not seen that success uh, since then. It dropped off big time. And then lately the, the ratings have been on kind of an upswing a little bit down this week, which we'll get into in the Patreon, but I want everybody to just cool their freaking jets saying the WWE was this one moment was more important than the whole Kenny Omega thing. It's not true. Did now did WWE at any point during this, tell their fans to put on access to watch impact on Thursday nights. Not a single time. I mean, like, what are we talking about here? Yeah. What yeah, are we not, talking not about? A, they didn't, they didn't tag impact in any of the posts. They didn't retweet anything that impact said uh, hmm. impact did a lot of promoting Mickey James and the Royal Rumble, because this was a very big deal. Cause they had impact. to. Yes. Yeah. This was a very big deal for impact. Um, and I liked seeing Mickey in the Royal Rumble, by the way, I liked hearing hardcore country in the, in the TWA dome. There are, Edward Jones Dome, whatever they call the dome in St. Louis now. I, when I went there, it was the Edward Jones Dome. I went and saw Metallica there. It will but, always um, be. It will always be the TWA Dome to me. I have no okay. idea what we call it at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Empty. So, That's what we call yeah. it every week. Cause ain't no football team in St. Louis anymore. Right, right. So the the dome there in St. Louis. I thought that was cool. I thought the whole title was cool. Um, but I also am not like a a big hater of WWE. Um, so I just want, you know, impact fans be, you know, act like you've been there before, be, quit being such a hypocrite anyway. Don't be, and don't be such nerds and like being so happy the cool kids <laughs> paid you attention when they're secretly <laughs> laughing at you behind your back. Yeah. Uh, so after we got all that footage, uh, Miller interviewed James about her participation. James said she was happy. So this is all filmed before the rumble, by the way, like a week before. <laughs> so, uh, James said she was happy to be, to represent impact in the knockouts. Tasha Steeles comes out and steals the show, by the way, that's what her name should be. Tasha steals the show. Um, <laughs> she mocked James with a country accent talking about saying, Oh, Tasha Steeles beat my ass and blah, blah, blah with on uh, no surrender. So I, I thought the whole thing was, uh, was pretty cool. Man, um, Steels is great. She has taken such she's taken such advantage of this spot that she has gotten. Like it's fun to see people get an opportunity and really just embrace it and run with it and elevate themselves. Like I think Tasha's done a fantastic job. I was shocked. You called it when we did the paper. You called her winning the ultimate X match. I didn't see it happening. Yeah. She won it and she has been nothing but great since then. She's been yeah. great. Yeah, I think she's a future champion. I don't think it's going to be soon, too. but I think she's a future champion, probably before the end of the year. I could see it. I could see it. I think they should do it, too. Yeah. Um, and then uh, after that, Chelsea uh, backed James, is up, James up and challenged Steels and Evans to a tag match. Uh, James thanked Green for helping her. And then all of a sudden, Green said, or um, James said, hey, why don't we just wrestle each other, too? Um, and now they're going to have a match. And they're just being friends hmm. about it. I hate stuff like that by the way. Well, this is, this is a, uh, I, yeah, I'm with you. Um, I think this, I think this gets us what you wanted earlier. I'm pretty sure that Chelsea's going to turn because she has, she has to at this point because yeah. baby face Chelsea sucks bad, terrible. Yeah. All of her dialogue was so just grown. It was all cringe. Yawn. Well, where does she get trained? She delivers dialogue like the rest of them. Yeah. 
Like, come on, man. It's terrible. She was so far beneath steals in this segment. It was ridiculous. So, yeah. Um, we have a new vignette for Giselle Shaw. It says, Giselle Shaw is coming. I hope she's coming faster than Veer, um, to say the least. Not going to touch that one. No. I hope she's coming and not fake. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. The way you said it, I'm like, he expects me to take this fate. I'm not you? going to because it was too easy, my friend. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's too easy. Man, when I set you up with some softballs, bro, you got to take them. All right. No, I need more of a challenge than that. Uh, Masha oh. Slamovich defeated some chick named Casey Lennox. So Casey, Lennox was, Casey Lennox was a former MLW interviewer. I did not know that. She was I terrible thought, at the I job. I thought they had Alicia Atut. This was, pre, was this, always her thing. This was pre-Alicia Atut. Okay. Casey Lennox, who they used to make fun of her and say she was knockoff Sasha Banks, was there before her, and she was not good at her job. And they had Georgia Smith do it for like a hiccup. I remember went, her. And that went nowhere. Yeah, I remember her. And then uh, now they have Atut mm-hmm. there. Um, then after that, Miller interviewed Perazzo about last week uh, when she stormed out of Mickey James' speech. Perazzo said she has no respect for James or what she had to say. Um, it was Perazzo that raised the division to a point that would warrant a state of the knockout speech to begin with. Um, and then she made an open challenge for either one of her titles for next week. So uh, open challenge match with uh, Deanna Perazzo. Um, cool. And then also next week, we got Mickey James versus Chelsea Green. <laughs> Uh, okay. oh, I have no, I have no interest in this match. I think <laughs> no. something's going to happen, but I'm probably going to be playing with my phone when it's going on. Yeah. Uh, the OGK, Matt Bennett and Mike, T- or Mike Bennett and Matt Taven. Sorry. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Versus Rich Swan and Rhino. Um, so it, 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 was, it was supposed to be Rich Swan and Willie Mack, but I think they had a, a COVID thing. A lot of I was going to say there. Yeah. I was going to ask about that. I'm like, why Rhino? But I'm I'm actually okay with it because I think our Impact fans are going to see what a great team OGK is, and I'm yeah. I'm stoked for this one because they're yeah. awesome. So am I. And then we got Brian Myers versus W Morrissey in an ODQ match. I think we might see a murder there because they <laughs> they're uh, they're building up Morrissey to be an ultimate ultimate monster man, and I love it. Here's the question: Is do you think that Myers actually gets murdered, or you think Morrissey just kills anyone else, like any learning tree dork, and then Myers runs away? <laughs> Pro- probably something like that. I, but I do think that he will end up getting some type of indication of Myers. So we'll we'll see, man. Um, and then next we got the main event, a really good main event. I thought uh, the Bullet Club of Jay White, Tama Tonga, Tongaloa, and Chris Bay defeating Ace Austin, Madman Fulton, Speedball Mike Bailey was one of the highlights of the match and uh, Jake something. Um, the, the match started with white and Bailey and I was excited about this. And then of course, in typical Jay white fashion, he's going to make you earn it. Right. So he, mm-hmm. he escaped the ring and uh, tagged in Bay. And then we got speedball and Bay, which is obviously cool too. Um, uh, then the story of the match is that Austin and Fulton um, Bay worked like almost the entire match. I was like, when are we going to get to see the actual bullet club guys? Not that Bay's not in it, but you know, the but new we Japan see Bay, guys. but we say Bay, we see Bay all the time. Yeah, but they made us earn it, man. And then eventually they all, they all were able to get into the ring and then finally something tagged in and uh, he ran wild on the bullet club. And then they hit him with a bunch of moves tagged in uh, Chris Bay, who hit him with the art of finesse and uh, pinned him. Um, there was really cool sequences with uh speedball, Mike Bailey and Jay white. I really, really liked what they did with those guys. Uh, God ends up hitting a magic killer on Bailey at one point. Um, and then after the match was over, as they were celebrating uh, violent by design and the good brothers made the attack. Uh, and beat them down as the show goes off the air. Cool. Fun. Cool. 
Yeah. Good, good, good episode. I thought a good way to close the show. Good match. Um, after it was over, they made the announcement that God and good brothers will be happening at no surrender. And uh, Jay white will be taking on Eric young and no surrender. So really cool match. Uh, it's there. A, it's a, it's an interesting match. I, of yeah. all the matches they could have put Jay white with, I never would have thought Eric young and I'm actually pretty cool with it. Yeah. Yeah, man. So what was your overall thoughts on the show here? Fun. Um, Match quality wise was definitely down. You're correct. But on the whole, yeah. I was really, I was really happy with narrative moving. I mean, honestly, I love the show because Cardona fully did it. And that's yeah. everything after that to me didn't matter because I finally got what I wanted. So I'm as a fan and as a viewer of the show, I'm happy. It's a good show. Yeah. Good show. Um, If I had, you know, another nitpick of mine was I, I, I wanted to see some kind of bullet club promo. Um, You know, I know that most of us know these guys, but I want to know why they're here. I want to know yeah. what their agenda is. I want to know what their plans are um, and get to see some of their personality. Jay White is a great promo. Um, Tama Tonga is kind of an obnoxious promo, but he's enter- entertaining. Uh, Tonga Loa, not so much. I don't really know much about his promo ability, but I want to see a reason those for guys. that. Yeah, I wanted to see those guys talk and let us know what's going on. Can I give you my bad feeling about this? I don't think we have any like real good plans for these guys because of stuff like this, because they don't, I know they got this honor no more thing going on, but the, we underutilized these guys last time. And I fear we're steering into this again. I hope I'm wrong. I hope they're here for a while. I hope they have good plans for them, but I'm not enthused about this. Like the, but we have the bullet club guys here and it feels like the fourth most important thing going on in the, in the promotion right now. Yeah, it, and their appearance kind of came out of nowhere. It was announced like, a, what, a week or two mm-hmm. before the tapings happened in Florida. Mm-hmm. And um, so they kind of kind of thrust them into it a little bit. Um, maybe after No Surrender, we get more of a direction. They they are in for a while, though. I mean, they've been added, to the, so. they've been added to the roster page. They're official members of the roster. Um, so, you know, they're getting the they're getting the big match on No Surrender. You know, before when Jay White was in, he was literally in for, you know, Slammiversary and then the tapings after that. And he did two matches and they were only tag matches. So they, they're now getting him into a singles match. It should be in a prime position there on the show. So um, I think the Good Brothers and G.O.D. match uh, should be one of the more, you know, probably the co-main event slot or, you know, co-co-main, maybe third from the top, something like that. It should be, but it doesn't, I know it, was, it had the main event spot this week on the show, but I mean, like, it doesn't feel like that's what our show is revolving. You know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. feel like we got the Bullet Club in and it just, it feels, and again, it's new. It's new, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's so, I, coming out of this show, like the I Don't Know More thing is definitely like, our yeah. top story. And then we've got, you know, Morrissey and Moose, which is the world title program. That's important. And then I feel like, you know, Mickey and Deanna is more important than this. And then honest to God, Cardona stuff felt more important than this, this week. Yeah. Like I just, I just, am not feeling like, like the <sighs> bullet club is played out in new Japan right now. It really is. Yeah. It's really not what it, this is not the 2018 version of bullet club. Right which wasn't the 2016 version of bullet club either. You know, it just, it, it feels like it's played out already here without, you said there's no mission statement. Why are they in impact? What, what is the purpose? What does Jay white want to do? Is he going after moose? And I like Eric young as evidenced by my article from last week, but why? I mean, like, it just feels like they're here to do something while they're waiting for Japan to open up. And it feels like strong. It feels like strong is a bigger priority to them than this. Well, New Japan is the company that they work for. So it is. So, you know, we'll see. And maybe, maybe the priority grows more. Maybe as they get to know each other a little bit better. And I know it, but 
in storyline, the Ring of Honor guys don't work here either. Yeah. So it's like, and that's my, and again, I like this. I like the Honor No More story. It's one of my favorite things in wrestling right now. I just, I'm, I'm underwhelmed and a little myth that we're getting. I feel like we're getting Bullet Club scraps again. That's yeah. my fear. Yeah. Well, um, I, I see exactly what you're saying, and I do feel like it has been. Um, it has not been promoted as something extremely important. And I hope that that changes very soon. Too. You know, look, they have access to the new Japan footage with uh, the good brothers and uh, God starting the bullet club together. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're kind of all OG members, you know, well, Carl Anderson and Tomatonga, Right. So, but they all know each other very well. They, this has been something that's been brewing for a long time. They're finally going to pay it off. So hopefully they tap into that man in the next couple of weeks. Hope so. And this stuff that could be fixed. You just yeah. got to, you got to do the work. Just get me there. Yeah. Yeah. But Hey guys, if you're listening to us on Apple podcasts and Spotify or wherever else you get your free podcasts at, um, join us over on Patreon, go to patreon.com slash fight game media for our premium tier, where we are going to be breaking down all the news and notes that are surrounding impact wrestling. A lot of stuff came out today, man. Some pretty interesting stuff revolving around uh, the Arnold classic YouTube TV, some Josh Alexander stuff. There's some more stuff about uh, William Regal, uh, juice Robinson, a lot of stuff going on uh, in the world of impact wrestling. So stay tuned. Um, again, five bucks a month. Uh, well worth all of, all of your money. We have tons of other content on there. So please join us over there. Um, but if, if not, Hey, we'll, We'll talk to you guys next week. And Patreon, go ahead and stick around. All right, bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.